Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. If ever you were to go to my home state of Maine, and some of you will be going if COVID allows our mission trip to happen this summer, if ever you go to Maine, I need to warn you about a few things. First off, don't wear New York Yankees gear to Maine. Big mistake. In fact, if you have any New York Yankees gear, and I'm not sure why you would, it's best to toss it overboard somewhere around Hartford, Connecticut. Second, the Red Sox aren't the only thing that Mainers are protective of. At least for the time you spend in Maine, you love the taste of lobster and Gifford's famous ice cream. The bumpy roads don't bother you, and you marvel in the beauty of the state bird, the mosquito. Third, the police really are known to believe that anyone without, with an out-of-state license plate can easily afford a speeding ticket, so take your time getting from point A to point B. Trust me. And finally, and probably most importantly, you should know that not everyone there is as exceptionally warm and charming as I am. Especially not in the summer. The summer is tourist season. When Mainers regularly ask, if this is tourist season, why can't we shoot them? which is why it was more than a little dangerous for me on a previous mission trip to leave an innocent 21-year-old youth leader named Ben standing alone on a back road in Maine and then proceed to forget him there. The short story is that we stopped to help someone fix a flat tire, which was easier said than done, Ben and I got out of the car, and someone else stopped to help too, and I was sent to run for some tool. Before I made it back, word got to me that the tire was fixed, and all was well, so I went about my day. Except that I forgot about leaving Ben on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. He, of course, trusted that I was coming back, so he didn't hitch a ride with anyone else. And it would have been convenient for Ben to call me and remind me, but this was Maine, where cell phone coverage is still a thing of the future, like hoverboards. Completely forgot about him. 
And I can't tell you how ashamed of myself I was. Because remember, this was tourist season. When Mainers regularly ask if this is tourist season, why can't we shoot them? Whenever I tell this story, I get the most shocked responses. How are you a pastor? But today's passage is about another one left vulnerable on the side of the road. It is a well-known passage, often referred to as Saul's conversion or the Damascus Road. Both references are applicable because in the story we find a man named Saul headed to a place called Damascus, but let's be clear, this is not a new retiree headed out of town to enjoy a timeshare and do some sightseeing in the well-populated trade city 135 miles north of Jerusalem. No, this guy Saul is the worst. He was the worst in Jerusalem where he was brutal in his attempted shutdown of the Christian movement. He even presided over the stoning of Stephen. And now he's off to pursue his priest-sanctioned worstness in Damascus, where the good news of Jesus was spreading. His goal was to round up some Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem for inquisition and execution. But along the way, he is crushed by a flash of light and spun into a state of spiritual helplessness. God met him there, turned his heart to Christ, changed his name to Paul, and redirected the focus of his life so that even today we read over and over again the letters he wrote to the first century Christian communities. But still, they should have turned on him. All of them. They should have turned on him and left him right there, just like I left Ben. It, it was an accident, I promise. They should have left him right where he was, blinded on the road to Damascus. His unnamed companions should have turned on him. How were they to know what Saul would do to somehow blame them? And if he blamed them, what next? People like Saul are not the type to look after unnamed companions. They would have been entitled to leave him. But they didn't. They didn't turn on him. They took him by the hand. They took him in their good hands and led him to Damascus. Ananias surely should have turned on him. You and I both know that Ananias would have been one of Saul's primary targets had this gone another way. And yet there he is, vulnerable as he can be, Saul praying in the house of Judas, and Ananias should have turned on him right then. Who knows what game Saul was playing, what trap he was laying he would have been entitled 
to turn on him. But he didn't. He reached out his good hands, placed them on Saul, and then the text says something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. Ever think how powerful you could be if you were merciful and kind? But we are turning on one another. We are turning on one another in a way that would have made the pre-conversion Saul proud. The data backs it up. NPR reported a massive one-year rise in homicide rates that collided with the pandemic in 2020, offering that at the end of 2020, Chicago police reported a jump of more than 50% in homicides. Los Angeles saw a 30% increase. New York City had 40% more than the previous year. We are turning on each other. And you don't need to look at the homicide rates to know that. Just look at your emails, your texts, your social media feeds. Look at how we go for blood on each other. And those that aren't inflicting damage are hopelessly believing that damage is just around the corner. Some scandal concocted, some hammer from management, some blow from out of nowhere. Someone is going to turn on them, on us, on me, on you. People are calling it pandemic paranoia. One reporter writes, the trifecta of the pandemic required social isolation and social unrest has driven many of us to more extreme behavior and worries, including paranoia. And so people are turning on each other before someone else turns on them. We're turning on each other because it's true what someone said. Anger is fear's bodyguard. Anger is fear's bodyguard. If we lash out with anger on our faces, in our meetings, with our keyboards, at our families, well, then we don't have to face, we lash out with anger, we don't have to face the fear we have that someone or something is going to turn on us. But do you ever think how powerful you could be if you were merciful and kind? Do you think you could be as powerful as Saul's unnamed companions if your good hands were as forgiving as theirs? Do you think you could be as powerful as Ananias if your good hands were as forgiving as his? Don't you think that there's something about the way that, that Paul treats people how his life, how his hands turn around from throwing stones 
to healing hurts that wasn't just from the blinding light and the voice of Jesus changing him, but from the merciful hands of those that attended to him in his blindness changing him. Without those hands, do we ever have the missionary journeys? Without those hands, do we ever get the letters? Do we get to read the words he sent to those in Rome? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do we ever know the words he sent to the Corinthians? For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Do we ever have any of this without the merciful, forgiving kindness born from the hands of those who met Saul when they could have turned on him, when they could have left him on the side of the road, when they were entitled to leave him behind? just like I left Ben on the side of the road in Maine in tourist season. Ben recovered pretty quickly from my mistake. A Mainer picked him up, suspicious looking as he was without any sign of flannel or Carhartt or Hunter Orange adorning his body. And he drove him the two miles to meet up with our group. And that was a super awkward moment. <laughs> you left me. You know, you're right. I can't believe I left you. But do you know we shared a good laugh about it afterward? A mistake. An innocent mistake, but a mistake nonetheless. But Ben's hands didn't throw stones like the pre-conversion Saul. They didn't nitpick for days about how wrong I was. They didn't point out how bad things could have gone. His hands didn't pick up the phone for the gossip hotline or pound out an e-message for lots of likes and shares. His hands instead extended grace like the post-conversion Ananias. Where has that kind of living gone? Can't we do more of that? Can't we own our power? Own your real power. I know it's tough to do because you'll think you're entitled to be angry and be impatient and be justified to be even more destructive. And you might be. You might be entitled after a year of being in quarantine and, and living through the political climate and the racial reckoning and watching all kinds of people suffer and knowing you're right about so many things, maybe everything. You, you might be entitled to it. And there's a lot of mutuality in there, isn't there? Because we also know that we stand in 
in need of mercy and forgiveness and kindness. And we know we stand in need of offering it. Because every person that has minutes and days left, well, they have the possibility of changing the world like Paul or taking the road of Saul. And we have a part to play in which direction things go. There's power in that. There's power in your good hands. The power to create something, to help Saul become something, to help Saul be born anew as Paul and live a life of meaning. Own your power. In your interactions, large and small, let the generosity of your hands be like those of the unnamed companions. Let the mercy of your hands be like those of Ananias. Let them bring freedom to the souls in your life, to the ones on the side of life's road. And as you do, you will somehow miraculously be freed too. There is so much relief that comes when you let go of the burden of holding another down. Just like Ben did. That one day in Maine when it was tourist season. Amen.